Hello and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan, and on this show, my guests and I unpack the stories that shape us and the lives that we lead on our path to self-mastery. So let's not wait any longer. Let the games begin. Hey, Lundis, welcome to the show, man. I'm so excited that you're here. I think we're going to have an awesome conversation because we kind of do similar things. So uh, thank you for being on the show, man. Thank you, brother. And yeah, it's like, like I said before, off record, it's like talking in, in, into a mirror with the way me and you were talking. And hey, we're going to structure our show. And I'm like, man, we structured our show the exact same way. So yeah, it's going to be perfect, brother. Shared intelligence, man. Shared intelligence. I love that sort of stuff. So, hey, why don't you kick us off? Uh, tell us one thing you do for a living and something that most people don't know about you that's maybe a little odd or bizarre. Absolutely. Um, so I actually quit my job in May um, and started a company with my mentor, Zach Babcock and Tim Holloway. Um, what we do is we help alpha entrepreneurs, alpha uh, podcasters get aligned to their ideal shows, um, guests to be able to align them with their exactly what they're looking for to articulate their message, streamline that process, you know, provide the graphics, get those intake forms out, you know, make sure that they can dial in on their process, their business, and really from their focus on those networking relationships and that. So what I do is, you know, we'll find them exactly who resonates with them so they can just focus on what they're good at, you know, bring that reward back into whatever they're looking for. Um, and that's it, brother. Oh, and then I have a podcast called The Winner's Paradigm um, where I help people recalibrate their mindset so they can achieve their definition of success. So very similar to your show as well. It's all about the mindset, ladies and gentlemen. So you can't leave us hanging. We need to know what's that weird thing, that bizarre thing about you. Oh, I'm, I'm the fifth Ninja Turtle. If I can, I just eat pizza every day, all day long. If I'm cutting weight, you know, and I'm like right now, I'm supposed to be losing weight. I'm like, oh, you know what? I can get this uh, cauliflower pizza and I can get these vegetables on it. And yeah, I'm that one. You know, I just live off pizza. Fair enough. Is there a specific type of pizza you go for? Yeah, I'm going to piss people off. I like Hawaiian pizza. Man, I don't even care. I might lose listeners at this point, but I'm right there with you. There's something about Hawaiian pizza. Now, do you do any jalapenos on there as well? Yeah. So, so kind of funny. Uh, back in the day, one of my stoner friends, he was just like, I'm going to give you the greatest pizza ever. And it was jalapenos, uh, pepperoni, sausage, and pineapple. And it was funny. I was watching this man eat, and he takes one bite, and he's churning the pizza. And he's like, you get meaty. You get uh, a little bit of salty and meaty. You get sweet. And then you get jalapeno and, and hot. And I'm like... That is the best combination for a pizza. <laughs> but I can't share that with everyone, so I keep it private. Man, I, I dig that. And now it's uh, going to be shared with a lot of people throughout the podcast world. So, um, <laughs> But, dude, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think it's so weird when people are like, uh, they just hate on Hawaiian pizza. And it almost seems like it's a cultural thing where they're like, no, we just want to fucking hate on it for no reason. But it's such a, it's a beautiful thing. I don't want this entire show to be about Hawaiian pizza, but you brought it up. Yeah, I mean, Hawaiian pizza is up there. I had Chicago deep dish in Chicago in like, yeah, that was insane too. So do you remember the place that you went to? No, that's the bad part. All right. Because there's there's a couple of, uh, uh, I think Luminalti's is, is one of the main ones that I at least like. But there's like a couple back and forth. I almost think like uh, I'm from Philly. So when people think of a Philly cheesesteak, they're like, well, is it Pat's or Gino's? And typically it's like something else that's not part of that. 
I got to make my way. That's another thing I love is Philly cheesesteaks. And I haven't been to Philly. So that's the one thing is I have some buddies from over there. And they're like, bro, they're to, li- to die for. And I had one buddy that was uh, stationed with me in San Diego. And there was this spot by the beach. And we're in there. And then I was like making fun of him because he's from Delaware. And I was just like, oh, he's from Delaware. He's not even from Philly. And then the owner's like, I'm from Delaware. I was like, no way. <laughs> I was like, two of them. <laughs> All right. So now that you brought that up, I'm potentially going to lose some other listeners. I hope I don't lose the entire audience at this point. But one of the best, if not the best, Philly cheesesteak actually comes from Delaware. There's a small town outside of Delaware called Claymont. That Claymont Steak Shop is the best. That's what I've heard best right outside of philly but most people they're like oh it's not a philly cheesesteak if it's not from the city like it's a whole different story (laughs) a whole different story i'm sure you have shit like that where you're at so you're in uh you're in california are there things like that where you guys are super picky about it um so i'm gonna say it's kind of weird um so like i'm from fresno california so it's the center of california and like there's nothing really good about it but taco trucks like the fucking taco trucks over there are insane like I've never been to Mexico, but I've had authentic Mexican food because I have friends, family from there. And um, yeah, like that's the best thing ever. Like any type of meat you want, um, like tripas, you know, if you want whatever, like they don't have that in San Diego. So that's why I say it's like I moved to San Diego and I'm like, what the hell? They don't have it here. Then I go somewhere. It's like eight dollars a fucking taco. And then if you go towards the border, of course, all that stuff's going to be there. But that's what I find so funny. Um, and then recently I actually went up to Anaheim by Los Angeles and, um, over there, there's tons of taco trucks. So I was like, you know what? The one thing I missed about home, I can drive an hour from my house now and I can go get it. So that's my new thing that I'm happy about. Yeah. I I really hope that, um, I hope that food trucks really start to pick up more than they had before. Like pre COVID, I I saw a lot of people stepping into entrepreneurship, getting a a taco truck or a a little hoagie truck or something. Yeah. But COVID kind of killed some of that. So I, I like to think that some of it's coming back. Yeah, no, they definitely have. And that's a, you know, um, well, San Diego is different because it's a tourist city. So that's why there's so many. And then, of course, by the beach, you know, but at the same time, like for drunk people, that's the greatest thing in the world is greasy food, you know, so get a pizza, get some taco. I'm in, you know, good thing I don't drink that much anymore. Yeah, you need to sop up all that alcohol. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Well, so to not make the entire episode about food, because this is not a foodie show, but we're kind of foodies, I guess. Uh, it's interesting that we... Yeah, I'm getting hungry now. Yeah, exactly. I ate like an hour ago, but I'm now getting... I want tacos, I think. Um, those might be in my future, like in the next hour, hour and a half. That and tequila. Man. All right, we're going to have to cut this short. I'm going to go get something to eat later, everyone. No, no. Uh, so a lot of swan- we're taking virtual shots. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, I got bourbon, so we're good. Oh, um, why don't you give us a, a little bit of context of how you actually got to the point where you had set up the company that you've got and how you're helping podcast um, people just kind of get started and kind of move through and do all that. But give us some context of how you grew up and like the path that got you there. All right, bro. You got 20 minutes. All right. We got some time. Yeah. <laughs> My my story's long, man. So, counting down. Oh no, nah. Siri! <laughs> Come on, Siri, calm your ass down. <laughs> um, <laughs> so okay, so it's twenty minutes. I'm gonna know to wrap it up. Um, but originally, um, Fresno, California, and uh, my parents had me 19, 21 years old. They were partiers. Um, my dad, you know, my dad's one of those greatest salesmen ever, and it's just like 
I aspired to be him. Like walks in the room, everybody's like, ah, you know, that guy gets all the girls did that. So growing up, I had really bad uh, times formulating relationships and attaching on to people. Cause my dad had girls in and out and then he was abusive, alcoholic. Uh, my mom similar, but when I was younger, I told her she was an alcoholic. My dad, she reeled it back. And then from there, you know, she was that one that took care of me, but always battled between both of my parents. So um, that when I became about five, no, probably like six, seven years old, I had a stepdad come into the mix um, that was racist. He had these crazy ass beliefs. It didn't really make sense, but it, it made me have an identity issue um, because they were like, oh, black people are um, ghetto. So it kind of like that was something for me that did it. And then to add more context, I never met the black side of my family as well. So that's why I even had an even bigger um, identity problem, just like my dad, because of uh, my grandmother had an affair and yeah it was like one of those where like that happened and from there messed my dad's life up you know his stepdad um which was my grandpa who i consider grandpa took care of him and, and really was that but for him i think that's what it was so the reason why i say that is a lot of generational curses for me um that i had to break and shit i had to see in in arguments so when i got uh older i moved with my dad because i wanted to be able to have that relationship with him and um I wanted to kind of have that because he was always around for sports, but he never really was that one I can open up to and stuff like that. So I moved with my dad and then that's where my life took a turn because it was just not somewhere I should be. Um, he ends up taking uh, a job and funny, you mentioned San Francisco earlier. Um, he actually lived in Oakland and he worked in San Francisco um, at Zynga out there. So he was out there. I was in Fresno about two and a half, three hours away. And then um, it, it just like ran into hard times. You know, it was like I would go to him and he had the money and this and that. But he was like, oh, I give you 20 bucks for chores. Uh, and that's for the month. And I'm like, man, you can't live off 20 bucks. Even as a kid, like you can't do shit with 20 bucks. So um, it was that, you know, and I never wanted to go to help because you'd be like, oh, figure it the fuck out. So um, got to a point, you know, where I, I got smart with life and I had a lot of rich friends and like grew up with those rich kids. So I was just like, you know what? I can make money. So I traded one of my video games one time because I needed money to, to get food. Um, got clothes back, switched that out because they didn't fit me, went, you know, made a little bit of cash and then was able to get food. So my dad was like, oh, and then what happened to that new game? Like, oh yeah, I don't have that no more. I traded all my shit away to be able to get what I needed. So it was one of those, it's like, that's where that hustler mindset is like, my dad taught me that, moved back with my mom, you know, and kind of similar things like she, um, they were lower to middle class. So it was one of those, you know, me and my stepdad bumped heads. So when I was 16, I would hop off my friend's couches every single day, you know, switch houses um, and, I would go home every day, I do my chores, I had good grades, so I was squared away, you know, and then I would um, leave because I knew I didn't want to be home. So comes to 18, end up getting kicked out of my house because my dad, or my stepdad, excuse me, um, he wanted to just go off on his fucking radical beliefs one day. And then he asked me like, what kind of people don't you like? And I said, I don't like anybody. And he said, why? And I go, because I hate everybody equally, so I just really don't give a fuck. If you want to talk shit, we can dish it out. And um, he's like, oh, you're a racist bigot. So yeah, uh, get kicked out of the house, move in with one of my friends. And then my ex calls my mom, gets me to move back in. Um, I wanted to go to the military for that reason, uh, because I knew that I needed to get out of my situation, that there was nothing good for me. Kind of, you know, um, with that, you know, it was around people that were doing bad shit. Not necessarily me. You know, I had a cousin that was strung out on math and then um, hung out with, you know, people that were doing shit. So it was like me being smart, trying to figure out how to make money without getting my hands too dirty. And then I thought like, I need to 
<coughs> excuse me, I need to be able to get that discipline that's going to allow me to do what I want to do. Like, yes, I could have went to universities, but I would have pissed that opportunity away, getting that money for the first time. I'd have been like, fuck this. Um, so I went to the Marine Corps. From there, that was a blast. You know, finally found my tribe, excelled, became my own boss, 19, 20 years old. Um, developed a drinking problem because when I was home on boot leave, my stepdad thought my mom was having an affair. Um, it was a 10 second window, so we don't know what happened. He follows a 45, shoots a 45, misses a centimeter from the dude's face, who was my wrestling coach. So it was something that I, I struggled with as well as all the trauma from when I was younger. Um, and that was one that like tore up the relationship with me and my mom. And then um, I was giving her money and she asked my ex for money. So it was like all this crazy shit that I never really healed, you know? So I start fucking drinking one point in time, gallon of whiskey, cause it was just, you know, um, military's a little bit different. They're more social drinkers, but like these motherfuckers would just kick it outside and you're drinking from 10 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night to four o'clock in the morning. Don't get me wrong. We have had days where it's 10 to 10 the next day. Um, just going crazy. You know what I mean? Take a cat nap and, and back at it. So, um, did that, you know, kind of was fucking up relationships. Um, I should have never got married to my wife, to be completely honest. I fucked that all up initially. I was just drinking, not in the right headspace, you know, breaking up with her, going back to my ex. And then uh, we had a miscarriage. And that was where I started taking care of her. And what's cool is I grew up with my wife. So we knew each other damn well. And I was just like, you know what? I can do this. I can be the man that I say I'm going to be. I can take care of her. So from there, that's kind of what first clicked. Um, so do that. I tear all the cartilage in my right knee my second year. And then... Third years when I get married to the wife, um, end up getting out of the Marine Corps because my last three weeks um, went to medical and I'm running back and forth trying to see if I can get an extension. They're like fucking with me and, and like, oh, you can run your physical fitness test. I'm like, I haven't ran in two years. There's no way in hell I'm running six miles. So get out the Marine Corps, um, started getting into sales, found these roles that I thought were good for me, you know, home improvement sales, but it was straight commission. Um, that was hard because I didn't know the lingo. I didn't know how to do closes. I was with people that were old school. So they're smooth talkers. They're fast. I can't. Um, went to a mortgage brokerage. And that's where I started having more problems because I was doing so much, you know, working on my bachelor's business management, trying to start a family, uh, getting up early to go to the gym, you know, putting in time on courses on the side, listening to podcasts, and then uh, was working on my mortgage broker exam. So I failed that three times and I was just like, what the fuck's wrong with me? You know, am I stupid? Um, but it wasn't that. I just had too much on my plate and I couldn't think in that process. Um, before I started that job, my grandfather died. So that was part of it too was <clears throat> it wasn't necessarily something was wrong with me. It was just like I was grieving going through it. That was my person, uh, my dad's stepdad, and he was the one who cleaned everything up, you know. So uh, up until the last year of his life, um, that was where me and him really started getting personal on the same page because he was that peaceful guy, you know, and I'd be like, fuck out of here, like upset at him because I'm like, you don't understand the pain people put me through. But it wasn't that he just believed in the best in everyone. So even like my dad would eat crazy shit. He's like, oh, you know what? He's all right. You know, that's your dad. And it was one where like he finally understood, uh, but he passed away in, and I was going crazy. Had to figure out for myself, you know, how do I become my own man? And then um, throughout that process, when I first got out the military, I got in a Facebook group um, for Zach Babcock's underdog, underdog empowerment. I got in hold of one of his guys that used to be his old um, president. And from there, you know, built a relationship, got in the mastermind. Um, in May, I was working at a job helping other veterans with their VA claim. So very rewarding. It was cool. I was maxed out on my compensation. And then um, I ran into a situation where my nanny that we had, uh, we're paying 1400 bucks a month. It was going to be 2800 for the whole month. We couldn't afford it because it would have spread us thin. We would have no reserves. 
Um, and from there, what happened was I ended up quitting that job uh, because I let them know and said, hey, here's my corrective action plan. Um, I have my daughter. I need to be able to watch her during the day because we don't have childcare anymore. So I was literally holding the fucking baby and making sales calls. And my boss comes to me, comes sideways. Is your heart still in it? Is this really what you want to do? So I go back to the mastermind. I go, hey, Zach, you know, this is the shit that happened with my job, bro. Like, I'm so fucking pissed. Um, the other thing about that company, they're cool. <clears throat> I love that they help veterans, but they didn't give a shit about anyone's mental health. And for to do that, a veteran's even worse, you know what I mean? So it was one of those where my boss was working fucking 60, 80 hours as well. And he's crying about it. And he was just like, oh, well, you know what I mean? It is what it is. Um, mission's got to get done. So talk to my team. First conversation we had was on core values. And that's why I was like, fuck yeah, this is the room I need to be in. Um, so from there, we created Alpha Influence Media, helping other alpha podcasters, entrepreneurs, you know, maximize their influence. And that's where it kind of took off for me was being around those right people, getting the recognition for who my partner is. Um, and then really just building on that. Like I've, I've started the podcast a week before my daughter was born last year, November. Um, I started the podcast because I was just like, you know what, all these things that happened to me, how I grew up, how I thought, you know, my stepdad almost shooting the coach, like that shit brought violence again, you know, and I wanted to fucking come at them. And, and it was all these things to me that I was just like, I'm fucked up. Kind of like how you, you said, you know, we, we have these experiences and we want to be able to, to inspire other people and say, hey, this is what you can do. So for me, kind of having that podcast reeled it in and then being able to surround myself and align with the right people definitely changed my life around. Um, and it's one of those for me, like had four close friends die. I just had one that passed away the other day. Um, and it was one like, man, that could have been me, you know? So I'm just really grateful that I've got through those things. And that's why I'm really passionate about talking about it. It's like, I fucking been there. I've been there where you have no money. I've been there where your family don't support you. I've been there where you've been robbed of money from your own family. Like everything you can think of, you know, I'm that guy that no one gives a shit about. Like you're like, I have a couple close friends and family and my family's like, oh, you don't like anybody. No, it's just no one invites me to functions. No one cares, you know what I mean? No one takes that time. Um, so that's why it was, and it was that internal switch in my head that I'm like, I don't need this. I'm better. I can just keep going. But then you run to that point eventually where it's like, man, you know, what are my relationships like? So it was awesome. You know, when I started the business, because that's the first conversation, core values. And I was able to see like, man, I really got to harness all these things, uh, but make sure that I'm really living that. So that's my main objective now is just building those relationships kind of like with you, brother. And and really getting to know people and sharing those experiences because i feel like when we do that then people are like man you've been through shit you know you get it done somebody thinks the way i do because uh, i know for a long period of fucking time it was very difficult and even when i talked to my mom i didn't know how to articulate it but when it really came out was like i didn't get through all the trauma and shit i needed to get to so that's why i wasn't able to talk and why i was shutting down and having these you know outbursts and being reactive um and it wasn't something was wrong with me or it wasn't that i'm an introvert and can't click with people it's just, I'm all about energy. So if you're talking about bullshit and drinking, well, I don't really drink as much anymore. So it's like, yeah, I can do it socially, but I'm not gonna be there just pounding beers and being that guy I used to be, you know? So that's a, that's a little bit about me. Uh, that's why I put that timer on, brother. <laughs> Man, how much time? What, where are we at now? <laughs> you got through that. Hey, 12 minutes. <laughs> nice. Well, man, as you're going through it, you're you're hitting on different things where I'm thinking, holy shit, there's a lot just within some of those pieces. And you're like, yeah, and then he shot a gun that basically went right past his head and that fucked things up. And then I tore my leg or something. I'm like, how the fuck did we get here? 
Like you're just going from bit. Exactly. That's why I told you it's so long. <laughs> <clears throat> so to everybody that's listening, you're probably going to have to go back and listen to at least the first 20 minutes of this to be able to get that and then just slow it down a bit. But for the rest of this episode, I want to kind of peel out some of that stuff because as you and I both know, having these conversations and even the internal fucking conversations that we have with ourselves to be able to fix ourselves and make sure that we're good, uh, most all of it stems back to childhood trauma. It's not like something that happened in your 20s or 30s that really, really, really fucked you up unless it was crazy traumatic because most of it is stemming from when you were six or seven or when something crazy happened. Yeah, I love how you said that because I heard something yesterday and it was about that. It was like everything that happened in the first seven years develops who you are as a person. And it's wild to actually really let that sit in and like set into who you are because if you really think about it, the person you are now at the core of who you are was created back then. And if you get to the problems, the bullshit that you're still working on, you're still going through, I'm not even talking about the things you're talking to your friends or mastermind group about, but even the stuff that is part of your secret life that you go through, it probably all comes from that childhood trauma. Am I right? Absolutely, brother. So when I really looked at it, and that's why I said, you know, I should never got married. Um, I was being a dickhead, you know what I mean? Like I was going back to my ex and drinking and partying because when I party, I become the coolest dude in the room. You know what I mean? I become... Uh, I actually said this on Facebook today. I said, I, I try to be, I turn into fucking Hulk Hogan and Macho Man. And I'm like, oh yeah, brother. And, and get that whole thing going. So everybody's like, oh, we fucking love this guy. And I'm that guy. You know what I mean? So it was like, why did I get that way? Why did that? Because maybe my dad has that. And that's exactly. And it's the generational curse, you know, like fucked up shit happened to them. So we went down and that my mom, you know, on the other hand, daddy's girl. So he gave her what she wanted she acted away so she needs power over people and it's it's one of those where it's like where's the accountability come from and for me two big things you know it's like they can't fucking be accountable so to this day i don't have relationships with my parents like that um, because they can't hold themselves accountable and really stick to it and be about the shit they're saying they're gonna do i catch them lying they don't want to do it they want to point the fucking finger they they don't they want to cross the boundaries so like earlier i told you i was talking to a therapist and it was one of those and i'm like some people don't you set boundaries and they just keep violating them. And then we're the problem when we have a, when we say enough is enough, you know? So it was that it was, you know, as a young kid, my dad used to beat the shit out of me when he was drunk and I'd fucking look at him. I knew, so I was smart, you know, good thing, right? I was able to be observant. I'm overly observant. I can look at situations and know how to survive bad thing. That's also bad because um, I overjudge, overread situations. If I don't know, definitely with people, you know what I mean? Is I pick certain shit up. So it's like that and then the environment that I grew up in um, with like walking down the street and looking at somebody crazy and now you guys are fighting. It kind of like when I met certain people, it was like, what the fuck this dude say to me? And it's just like tonality, you know? So it's funny. It's like me and my um, partner, Tim, were talking about that. He's like, you have a tonality problem, but you were in the military and were successful. And I said, yes. I go, the difference is when it's somebody of higher stature, I know not to talk back to him, but if it's someone lower, I'll jump all over him, you know? And I'm like, that was my problem as a leader. So it was identifying those things. Like you said, like all that shit um, as a child came out when I got married. Why? Because I really don't care about family. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't have that. You know, I care about my immediate family and doing everything I can. But I look at your values, relationships, what you're doing. Um, if you're talking shit about other people all the time, then I want nothing to do with you. 
or if you're just like oh watching netflix or oh talking about bullshit all the time i can't you know associate in in uh click my brain doesn't work that way so it's one of those things where i had to identify with myself like why am i such an asshole to people probably because they just want to drink and they just want to bullshit instead of having the conversations like me and you are which is completely different because in this case like i could have a drink and then you could socialize and have a good time versus like other times where it's just like getting hammered you know yeah that's a it's an interesting point because i think um i think as you get older and you realize i have to change the people that i'm around because they're changing who I am and how I act around other people. Uh, when you start to step out of those circles and you get a little older, it can be really weird to go back to those circles. And even if you're just viewing the circles, you're like, oh, I don't wanna be any parts of this. But I also find it super strange because I do this and I'm just being raw where you just instantly judge. And then you gotta be able to pull yourself back and be like, well, who the fuck am I to judge? But still have that balance where you don't just fall head first back into that sort of stuff so how do you still love on those people but love on them from a distance without judging and what sort of advice would you give somebody that's there are other people that are like us that go through that shit where they're like i don't want to be part of that but i also don't want to tell them all to go fuck off and die damn <laughs> i love that uh yeah i used to do that i used to tell people to go eat a dick <laughs> that i realized or a whole bag whatever you want yeah i can't be just telling them that um honestly what i grew and and this is something i learned young uh one of my friends i used to sleep on his fucking couch all the time and when i started you know getting into self-development and working on myself and i got in the military he's like you changed and you don't like this and that and it's like man i just outgrew the shell like I see everybody doing the same shit for the past 20 years. Why the fuck would I want to repeat that? You know what I mean? Why Why am I crying about a fucking money problem when it's my lazy ass that doesn't want to put in the work after work and shit like that? If there is no money problems, you know, like honestly, the really, if you're not at a position where you're, you know, um, not able to, if you're unable to work or that's, that's an excuse and that's not an excuse, but that's a disability and that's why, you know. But if you physically can fucking work, then get your ass out there, you know, and that's the way I perceive it. So me and one of my friends, you know, stopped being cool. And I was just like, you know what? Um, at this time, we're not aligning and we're not on that same page. So I'm no longer going to be pressing my energy towards you and working on that. Like, I love you from a distance, but that's it. You know, um, some people I tell get fucked, but I wasted so much energy doing that, you know. So now I'm just like, man, we're not seeing eye to eye in that. It's not that I don't like you. It's just like, man, I got my own shit. I got a daughter now. You know what I mean? Everything I do, she's going to grow up and watch because I've seen this shit. You know what I mean? So it's like, if I can't be that, if I can't do that, like one of the things and it really brought perspective to me is like um, I'm in a mastermind and it's about being a better father and a better husband. And everybody talks about like a couple of the guys in there, they don't have fathers. So they say like, I wish as a kid, like my father would be there at the games. Like I was off, I was the opposite. My dad was chewing my ass out. You fucking shit. You fucking suck. Wake the fuck up. And it was just like, I hated him for that. You know what I mean? He drove me to hate sports. So it's like, I understand that. So obviously I'm not going to do that to my kids. And I know how it is. Like when, when you, your parents say, oh, I'm going to stop drinking. And then you catch them with the beer and they're like, oh, that's one beer. And one beer turned into the next 10 years. And like I've been there, you know what I mean? So that's why I say like, you really got to be cognizant of who you have around you 
But again, you know, like that quote says, like you're the sum of the five, the best five people around you. It's absolutely true because if you're around fuck ups or you're around people that aren't doing what you want to do, it's not going to bring you anything. But when you take that and you get around the right people or, you know, in my case, like, um, and I know you could speak for it too, like interviewing six figure, seven figure entrepreneurs, like they care about relationships. They care about what we're talking about and healing the shit we're talking about because that's way more volume than learning business because you can always learn business. You can scale your business. You can make however much money you want, but it's never going to solve those problems. Me and you are having if we never heal them. And that's one of those that I was like, man, you know, spoke to me because it's like, yeah, you know, I was doing the same shit my parents were doing and I was complaining about it. And it's like fucking change, you know, so I made it a priority to change. Um, I made it a priority, you know, to be the man I say I am. Yeah, that's big time, man. Uh, and the accountability on your on your own is huge. But you also touched on the awareness. Like if you're not aware of the problems, then how the fuck are you supposed to do anything about any of the problems? because you're unaware of it. So if you think of you being aware of it and then starting to actually make those changes, I wanna call out the audience because I know that there are people that listen to the show that are actively going through that, that are in that kind of metamorphosis phase in a sense where they're growing into that next level. And not to say like this is a tier system sort of thing, but you and I both know that you go through different levels of growth, different awakenings where you're like, holy shit, the world just opened up and now I'm doing these things. That initial wake up, when you start to look at the friends group and the people that are part of your five and you start to shift them out, that can be tough for those people. I know it was tough for me being in that spot where they're like, what, fuck you, you think you're better than me? It's like, no, I, I don't know what to think. I'm just trying not to just drink my face off constantly or just live here and do this thing. But being in those spots can be difficult for those people. So to look back at what you had done as you went through that, what sort of advice would you give somebody that's actively in that space right now? So I'm going to do two. I'm going to give you um, a uh, example that happened to me and that gave me perspective. And then I'm going to say it. So I'd say in that case, you know, look at it and look at what the person is doing. And, and I know you mentioned judgmental. Nah, everybody judges. You're always going to judge. You judge off actions. You judge off whatever. And that's what I'm really about. So the example, um, I was on deployment out in Kuwait. One of my fucking dumb fuck friends, um, and this is why I stopped kicking with him. He's the one I told you. He's from Delaware. Um, this guy, lo love him to death. He's just a fucking idiot, right? And the reason why I say that is he says the dumbest shit, and like if you were to get in trouble, he points the fucking finger in in that, you know. So he doesn't make weight, right? So that is a problem. That is a him problem because I didn't fucking make him to eat that fucking. Philly's cheesesteak or whatever the fuck he ate when he went home, you know, and um, and in Wawa because he always talked about how great that is. And um, that is a staple there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, he would say that. But so he, this guy doesn't make weight. So we're in the smoke pit one day because my boss was smoking a cigarette. And then she's like, hey, Perez, get over here. And the first thing this dude goes is Havens is fat. And I'm just like, man, what the fuck? You know, and me and her, she pulls me aside after. Why are you friends with that guy? And I'm like, oh, because we're cool. And like, we're the same rank. And, he, and she's like, there's no fucking reason in any world that you should be cool with him. She's like, he just pointed the finger at you in that. And she and what he didn't know is I lost 25 pounds um, when I got out there because I went on a six week fucking drinking binge every single day before deployment. And um, it was very fun, but it was not fun losing the weight in the heat out there um, and just fucking having the thick sweat. And I fucking hate it. That's one thing I hate about alcohol is just like, the thick sweats, you know what I mean? 
when it comes out. <laughs> what a gross thing. You're totally right. But what a gross thing where you're like, it feels sappy. This isn't right. <laughs> yeah. And then you take a shower and you still feel like shit and you still are sweating. So, um, yeah, that, that brought perspective to me because it really showed life in that. Don't get me wrong. I had some friends like that back home and so forth. And uh, I have one one dude that like I lived on his couch and I fucking do anything for him. And it's still to that to this day because he makes it a priority to check up on me. And I make the same thing for him um, when we had a, a miscarriage. He was there. You know, when we had um, birthday parties, he has there. He has a daughter, too. That's like four years older than mine. So we make it a priority, you know, so um it's really separating that, but you got to look at what people are doing and it's like, all right, if they're drinking all the time, if they're saying that, you know, if they're saying they're going to be good or, you know, maybe they're like, oh, I'm going to settle down and they're out here hooking up with everybody and then they're giving you bad relationship advice or in my case, like going to divorce people asking for marriage advice. Like, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking for that. Now it sounds so foolish, you know, um, but I thought maybe if their shit's not going right, they're going to give me good solutions to fix mine. Yeah, that was wrong, you know, so it's really judging in, in, and that's what you're doing. You know, you have to gauge it and you have to see where they're at and you have to see, you know, like I'm over here writing a paper and somebody's calling me a fucking square for reading a book on my off time. And it's just like, man, I've, I harness all my energy. I'm working my ass off to make this happen, making my dreams happen. So yes, you know, I am a square. I'm not going to get out anymore. I'm doing this. But then you're looking at your friends. You're like, all they're doing is partying and they're bitching about their situation. Probably you shouldn't be around them. But then when you get around the right people, it's going to be weird initially because they're they're strangers and you're getting to know them but at the same time it's awesome because you guys are able to create that value and then you're able to be like man i'm not fucking crazy i just was around the wrong people and you're able to share those stories and i'm able to share my story and people are like man that resonates i've been through shit like that and i'm like you've been like my whole life i fucking talk to people and they've my family's made me feel crazy about it and they've been like oh you need fucking therapy so i went to years of therapy and it's like I still can't, you know what I mean, um, be able to talk to certain people about things because they don't understand it. So it's like when you get around those right people, it's going to feel weird. But just keep doing what you got to do, because, again, you know, you're not working on those old people and not that, you know, um, it's kind of like the people. Perfect example. I was talking to a seven figure um, millionaire yesterday, Tony Watley, and he said he's like, do you ever post pictures of you being at the gym and putting in work? And I was like, no, he's like, you should. And I was like, why? He goes, because you're trying to tap into and motivate those people who need it. So he's like, those people that don't, you can like tell them fuck off. You know what I mean? And if they want to be like, oh, you're a douchebag, you post at the gym, probably because they're ass ain't in the gym. And I'm like, damn, that's really good. You know what I mean? And it's absolutely true because think about it. When you started your your career and you started sales and you started um, your podcast, people probably were like, why are you doing that, man? Like, what the files up with the podcast? Oh, that's cool. You know, start laughing because everybody's doing a podcast now and you're just like, yeah, but you're not extracting that growth. You're not getting better is what they don't see you actually doing and what you're passionate about. And I feel like that's why, you know, a lot of things are gatekeeping and shit that people don't break out of it. Or, uh, my grandfather died. I got a fucking, uh, Rolling Stones tattoo and I had a panic attack the first day I had it because I knew somebody was going to say some racist shit. And I was at the mortgage brokerage and this dude was like, oh, I guess he's like, you got a Rolling Stones tattoo. And I was like, yeah, I'm actually going to do a band sleeve right here. And he's like, oh, I guess black people don't, black folk don't like you, huh? And I was just like, yeah, like I was pissed, you know what I mean? Because I knew someone would say some shit like that. And I'm like, actually, they do. I was like, well, my grandfather died and he took care of me. He's actually an Italian guy. So that's kind of what's funny, you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, we're different colors, but that's it. And I was like, but what you don't know is like, if you want to go fucking hip hop or rap artist, I can go any single genre and talk about it. I can talk about 
how I love fucking um, anything from back there. Run DMC, um, all that shit, NWA. And then I can talk about new things and I can talk about how I'm a fucking metalhead. And that's why I'm good with people because I can talk about a lot of shit in music. Besides country, I don't like that. So that's why I was just like telling the dude, you know. You and me both, man. <laughs> yeah, so it's like adding perspective is like not everybody's for you. It's realizing that instead of being reactive and wanting to fight with them like I would have, um, it was a big step for me to be like, yo, just fuck this guy. He doesn't mean anything. He's not holding any real estate in my head. I'm going to fucking make it happen. So let's take a little bit of a step outside of that. I, In some ways, I'm a little jealous right now of the audience because they get to listen to this and be that third person hearing me, hearing you, and going back and forth. And they can think of things outside of us. But if we look from their perspective or even, even a little further from that and be able to look at what happened, those people that are typically shitty people have shitty things going on because they're making those shitty decisions. Now, granted, we all make terrible decisions at times, and some of that's just how you learn. You grow. There's certain people that will make decisions over and over and over, and they don't understand why things aren't changing, which is basically the definition of insanity. But then they'll try to pull other people down. But if we take that look from the outside perspective and look at these people, any sort of fuel you give them or any sort of attention you give them is almost just a waste of your time, but can be a big ego push. So have you found that there are times where your ego is kind of swelling out where you're like, fuck this guy. I want to tell him five different ways to go fuck himself or whatever. But that's really not you. It's an ego thing. So how do you pull that back without fucking tearing the guy's head off or playing his bullshit game that you really just don't need to play? You know what's funny? And I would have answered this and been like, oh, ego, this or that. And now I got better perspective. Um, my, my mentor, Zach, business partner, he just dropped an episode yesterday talking about Ryan Holiday's book, how he says ego is the enemy. It's ego is not the enemy. And I was like, what? You know what I mean? Um, why ego is good? No, excuse me. Let's go to the bad first. So yeah, there is those times you want to say fuck off, right? But at the same time, you're no better than them if you were to tell them to fuck off. Why? They're getting a reaction out of you. Um, perfect example. I work my fucking ass off to be the best dad I can be. I work my ass off so I don't want to fight people. But my dad says some shit and I want to fight them all the time. And that's something I want to do. Why? Because he kicked my ass. And now he kicked my ass, but I can I can fight back. You know what I mean? Um, so it's like all those. You know what I mean? We, we drew knives on each other in Christmas time one year. Like he wanted to fuck with me. And I was just like, I'm not the one to be fucked with. And it was one of those. Everybody's like, oh, my, you changed. I'm like, no, nah, I just grew the fuck up. Like I will die behind what I stand for. You know, and I, and I mean that literally. Um, so it's one of those. You know what I mean? You got to do it. Ego's good because it keeps us alive and we're able to know it. And ego's good when we got to hustle and we got to make shit happen for ourselves. And when we realize that we got some fucking problems we got to work on, that's your ego. You know what I mean? Um, your ego is the one pushing you to be like, hey, man, you got to get those reps in. You got to fucking do this. Um, you're a sales guy as well, Nick. So it's like, I got to make these phone calls even though I don't want to do it. That's your ego pushing you because you know how badass you are. You know what you've been through to get there. You know what I mean? So it's like, I would say the biggest portion is just not giving those people what they want. Cause like you said, they're going to drag you down. They got, they got their own shit. They need to figure out. And I'd say like, even my stepdad, like I wanted revenge. You know what I mean? I wanted him to feel the pain I did. Uh, my brother and sister got woken up by the SWAT team and it was like, I wanted him to feel it. You know what I mean? I was walking by when he got arrested that night and he was just like, yeah, that guy's Mexican. I didn't know if he had a gun saying racist shit. And I turned and the cop grabbed me. You know what I mean? And was like, let's go. And I just wanted to fuck him up, you know? And it was like, that's ego, you know what I mean? But harnessing it in is realizing that, hey, bro, 
the shit you got going on, you need fucking help. You know what I mean? So if it's God, if it's whatever you believe in, yeah, you like you got shit. There's worse shit in your life than obviously in my life because I don't want to go out here shooting things. And even if my wife were to cheat on me, I'd be like, peace. You know what I mean? I'm not going to react that way because I know that's not what I want in, in that. You know what I mean? So it's one of those like we can say like, I don't get this or I don't get how people think this. Besides, um, I don't get how people like fucking medium well steaks. Yeah, like that's not it. Well, well done. You know what I mean? I don't get those people. That's yeah, a whole different story. Those people that have already killed the thing that has been killed that should be bloody on your plate. Why are you re-killing it? Yeah, I don't, I don't get those people. But when we're talking about, you know, um, filtering it and just not giving people the power over us and shit, like that's fucking huge. And I seen a Mike Tyson quote. I'll end it with that. Mike Tyson talked about that. And they were like, um, he was talking about like violence and he's really against violence now because of how we grew up and whatever. And he was just like, yeah, oh, oh because uh, I think it was Le'Veon Bell who was talking to him. Somebody was talking to him and they were just like, yeah, if um, somebody crosses me, I say, fuck you. And, and that's it. I want nothing to do with you. You're cut off. And I used to cut people off too. You know what I mean? And Mike Tyson responded and was like, well, then you're changing yourself for that person. That person is changing you. You're never going to be the same because every single time you're going to react differently and no matter how much work you put in, you reacted different. You let them win. And he's like, they own you. And I was like, fuck, dude. Like, that is true. I'm getting pissed with these people. And I'm getting pissed. Like, they don't respect me. I demand respect. How the fuck do you get respect? You got you to gotta give it. You know what I mean? You got to show it. If I'm over here doing that shit and then I'm telling you to live a good life, how are you going to live a good life if you can't even own your shit and handle people accordingly? You know what I mean? So now I don't even do that. I'm like, hey, bro, peace. You know what I mean? Yeah, so so that's why I was following up with the ego and, and saying that, you know, um, that's why we get reactive on things because it's emotional context behind it that we're trying to feel, but essentially we're not when we're not being ourselves and not doing what we need to got to do. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I, I find it interesting how we can look at things differently from different perspectives. Uh, and I've always kind of liked looking at things from a third party because I know I can see it from my side. I could potentially see it from your side. But what the fuck does this look like from the outside? And how can I sit in that spot and be able to look at that? So even when we look at ego or really anything, there's so many different layers and levels and different surfaces even and sides to it that somebody can look at it from one angle and it can be a little different. I think it's really how we use it, what we do with it. Any and all things are, for the most part, a tool for us to be able to use. But we got to find that balance. And it sounds like you've found some of that balance as you've gone through. And I'm sure there are moments where you've, you've been like, you know what, dude, fuck you and fuck everybody else, and blah, blah, blah. And then you pull back and you're like, that was probably not the best way to go about that. But then you learn from the next, uh, for the next experience and being able to kind of go from there. So we've gone up through a lot of stuff on this show, man. And I appreciate you being on and walking through all of this. Uh, what sort of advice would you give somebody that's on their path towards self-mastery? I'm going to say core values. Um, and I'm going to give an example on the core values. So for me, first two core values I have is true to self and self-reflection. I keep those separate for one reason. Um, true to self, you got to really be at peace with what you're doing and who you're becoming. So for me, that's the fucking looking through the mirror. And the self-reflection part's the journaling. And it's fucking writing it on a piece of paper. And it's having the conversations like me and you are. Having that outlet and realizing, you know what? It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to process emotion. It's okay for that. You know, it's okay that maybe you thought some way or like, for example, you know, a lot of people 
um, they have anxiety, they have depression, but then their parents don't believe that shit because that didn't, ex that didn't exist when their parents were younger. So it's like their parents don't mean to argue with them. They just don't understand that. You know what I mean? So you got to figure out some way to convey that message. But that was something I went through as well, where I'm like, I feel depressed. You know, why do I feel depressed? I don't know. You know what I mean? And then it was really like all these things were bothering me, the relationships, the not getting respect, stuff like that. So <clears throat> hone into your core values, figure out what's important to you. Um, so for me, it's true to self, self-reflection, transparency, holding yourself accountable, adaptability, learning and application. Um, and I use those every single day. You know, I hold myself to that standard. I look at it and I make sure that I'm transparent with it. So I'm going on this podcast and I'm telling you what's on. That's why I like transparency too and make it a factor. It's like, yeah, I could, I can limp, I can put those first three into one, but at the same time, it's like, no, I make sure it's a step because I need to be able to, to convey that message. I need to be able to tell you, hey, you got to adapt. Sometimes you got to do shit on the fly. Or like we're talking about friends, it's adapting. You know what I mean? It's learning to be comfortable when you're not comfortable. Learning for the new environment. You just learned something. So now we got to apply it. You know what I mean? We got to put this evidence in. We got to put some more fucking research in. We got to make sure that if we read a book, you know, you take the one thing, take the one thing from this podcast that's going to help you uh, get to where you want to be. Absolutely. That's great stuff, man. So again, I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, where can people find the, the company? Where can they find the podcast? Tell us your links. Absolutely, brother. So I'll send you the link for my landing page if they want to book a call um, and be able to get connected so we can get them aligned with the right shows. And then my podcast, um, it's easy now. It's thewinnersparadigm.com. So you can go on there. You can see my blogs that I post. Um, you can be able to listen to the podcast, look at our guests. I'm going to have you on as well because um, I love to interview you. You know, We had a great conversation, so good and bad bad thing you know you signed up for we're gonna have a couple episodes together so good job I'm in, man <laughs> but uh yeah man you you just hit me up there um social media is the winner's paradigm and um yeah i really just like diving in on this or on facebook i dive in every single day in these things and talk about mindset and and kind of where i'm at you know and, and the journey so people know they're not alone they can overcome their shit they just got to do a little bit of work that's awesome, man. And all those uh, links will be in the show notes, everybody. So feel free to check those, subscribe, and go check out his show as well. And at some point, there will be another conversation with he and I on that show and probably back on this one. So again, Alundas, it's been awesome to have you on, man. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you, brother. Another great conversation on today's episode of the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. So what did you think of the show today? Love to hear your thoughts and check out the Instagram or Facebook page to join the conversation. If you enjoyed the episode, please jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. It helps us be found and helps others be healed. If this episode opened your eyes, made you think, or smile at all, then I'm sure it'll do the same for your friends. Check out the show notes for more info from today's episode and check out other episodes on themindsetandselfmasteryshow.com as well as our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and look up The Mindset and Self Mastery Show. Thanks again to our incredible guests for being real, honest, and vulnerable with us today. I'd like to thank our sponsors, The Manly Club and The Powerhouse Men Brotherhood. Men, do you consider yourself to be a powerhouse man? The criteria for becoming one is simple. Live with virtue and do good work. You see, a powerhouse man builds his life. He doesn't settle for it. He attacks mediocrity at the root, and that's exactly what we do in the Powerhouse Men Brotherhood. Visit 
powerhousemen.com. That's P-O-W-E-R-H-O-U-S-E-men.com. And most importantly, I'd like to thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Your support means the world to us. And with that, remember, your mindset matters, and so do you.